Attention all vessels. The Minerva is about to commence the further pursuit of Bogey One. As a result of unforeseen circumstances, our maiden voyage will be in the service of an extremely important mission. What do he say? This is your opportunity to show what you've learned during all those daily training sessions. Raise the bridge. Go to condition yellow until we enter a combat situation. Raising the bridge now, man. Going to condition yellow. Please use the captain's cabin to get some rest, Mr. Chairman. The Minerva prides itself on being a fast ship, but the enemy vessel is no slouch either. Nothing will happen for a little while anyway. Ray, please show him to his quarters. Ma'am. Captain. What is it? The battle prevented me from submitting a report on this earlier. But as the ship got underway, we took Azaku into our hangar with two civilians on board. What? We took them into custody and they claimed to be... Representative Kagali Yula Afa of the Orb Union and her personal attendant. They requested medical attention and a meeting with Chairman Durandal. Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode episode Gundam Seed Destiny podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy. I'm Tyler. I'm still here. My name is Zach. And today we are going to be watching Phase 3 of Gundam Seed Destiny, Warning Shots. I feel like I should say when it originally aired, but I don't have the information in front of me and we never do that. I feel like these are not warning shots. It feels I... weird that they're called phases for the episodes. They were they always were, called phases. Yeah, they I were know the they were. One. It's just it, for whatever reason, it stands out to me more here because I don't think you actually referred to them as phases on usually. the other one. Okay, that's probably why I was thinking that only Destiny was doing that. So I'm not sure why they're called phases because a lot of times Gundam like to call their things fancy names per series, like their fights in G Gundam. To well, be fair, that's at the beginning of G Gundam. <laughs> Every episode was a different fight. Every episode is still a different fight. It's Domon fighting with his own identity. Rain! <laughs> <laughs> we talk about G Gundam way too much on this show. That's it's because Gundam G Gundam podcast. is awesome. Where else would we talk about it? Where is the place? Uh, it's well, like I mean, we could talk about it on last time when we're playing uh, Super Robot Wars T. It's like the people who complained about that all-female Avengers scene in Endgame being too fan servicey. It's like, did you watch the rest of that movie? <laughs> I really liked the rescue armor in that movie. Yeah, it's badass. It looks really good. Blue is a good color for Iron Man. I have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, but Endgame's a good movie. Um, so did you not see Endgame? No, I'm way be- I haven't seen any Avengers movie, I think, except maybe the first one. They're good. Um, <laughs> so re- really quick, um, I had this thought. You're complaining about how you don't like the Impulse's like, stupid snap-together connecty Roblox thing, right? I wouldn't say I don't like it. You would say he hates it. I would say I <laughs> loathe it. Okay, so which suit is your favorite in Super Robot Wars T? The one that requires a secondary support ship to fire parts to it? <laughs> See, you know what the main difference is there? It's not being put together. I. It is. It is in mid-combat. It no, is it's not. Well, okay. I mean, I can I consider it having its gun. It part launches of putting it in together. one piece, um, except for all the other pieces. It fires at it that it has to catch midair and then use to shoot. Also, things. I never said that was my favorite suit in that series. Okay, let me rephrase that. The the one you prefer of the two, right? And you specifically said you like it for that reason. You don't get a choice um, of that one uh, over the um, over the 
Oh, over the yeah, over the other the older ones. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. The bulky Dom Gundam with funnels later. Yeah, I think my favorite one was actually Vaughn's Dan of Thursday. I that one or the uh, God Gundam. Ah, I still don't have Dome moment in my party yet. Did you play it at all? No. That'd be why. He he entered the scene and was very awkward, and everyone's like, why are you looking for your brother here? And he's like, I'm not! For a change. <laughs> we just recorded a very long podcast on Earthbound. If you want to find out when we're recording this, find out <laughs> when that released. It was before that by a couple weeks. So shall we just get into it? Yeah, um, I feel like I'm a little loose and or goose. Punch drunk? Yeah, well, not even punch drunk, just kind of... Hold still, we can fix that. Yar. <laughs> I don't know why I said yar. Kigali's trying to diplomacy at Zaft. They got terrorist attacked slash Gundam jacked by Druggies 2.0. The eighth child, Atherin, got his identity revealed by new girl, Namaria Hawk. Shin is angry. Shin's sister is dead. And also his parents. That's the recap, I think. I totally yep. just had an image of Durundle doing the State Farm chant to try and get the Gundams back. The State Farm chant? You're like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. My Gundams got stolen. <laughs> I can see it. (laughs) (laughs) And just like Kira showing up and him being like, don't worry. So I was going to say, since we're like wading through the intro, which is not telling us anything. uh, It's the recap. It's the exact same one that we got last time, including the same awkward grave shot. What I will say is I was way more into the theme music on this one. I really like this theme. This opening theme is my favorite Gundam opening. I thought it was pretty bland the last couple times, but this time I was like noticing the backbeat a lot more for whatever reason. And like, I can see that, and that's where a lot of it's at. Also, I was curious about this, and I looked it up, and both Athrun and Kigali are 18 in this show, and you yep. know what that means? <laughs> they can both smoke. Look, uh... well, I'm not going to spoil any of the horrors to come. We have plenty of horrors to deal with this episode. <laughs> Those were my two kind of non-sequitur comments that don't really tie into this episode specifically. I just found it funny that they're God, both I hate the impulse. specifically 18. Um, You know, it's kind of growing on me. I feel very neutral on the impulse. I'm kind of digging it with its weird color scheme combinations. This episode gets a green one, which I'm into. That's probably my favorite of the three impulses. I don't know. Probably the sword is actually my favorite. It's basically a shittier version of the strike. I do agree with that opinion, but I like like the strike is a mobile suit I like a lot. And so the impulse is like a worse version of something I like a lot. It's like, that makes me hate it more. It's like Mario or Luigi, depending on your perspective. <laughs> I also think that overall the Destiny designs, like with the exception of the grunt suits, which are on point, especially the Zaku, which I'm sure we'll talk more about this week. Uh, I feel like the Gundam designs are pretty bad. Like, I don't like any of the druggy suits. Uh, the Destiny has really grown on me as time has gone on, and my lizard brain loves the strike freedom, whereas my rational brain hates it. So <laughs> I kind of like the green one of the, of the druggies 2.0 suits. The chaos? That might be my least... Well, actually, I like the chaos. Because I, like I like heavy armor. So the episode starts with the cool funnels from Neo Roanoke's Definitely Not a Mobius. Trying to take on the strike, or and- I'm sorry, I, I just <laughs> that's a very uh, the impulse, obviously. No, the double strike, the strike mark two, no, which strike is what two, it is. and then strike three, you're out or space. Well, that's why they can never create that sequel movie to Destiny because the strike <laughs> three, they just be out. I feel like a lot of these shots are reused from the end of Gundam Seed, but they do do a good job of showing how hard it would be to fight funnels. But here comes Ray and this kind of awkward hero it shot that like shows a, three times. It looks very, very comic booky. Yeah. Yep. I, I've never noticed it before, but like Gundam does this sort of shot all the time. This one really stands out as kind of awkward. Also, his uh, Zaku's got two shields on it. 
Um, he is the tank of the party, apparently. Well, saying Neo goddamn Roanoke gets a new type Flash, and then Ray gets a new type Flash, and then Neo Roanoke gets a, what, what's going on here, Flash? Apparently he can read minds? Yeah, it's a new type thing, don't worry yeah, about it. Gets, this is to show us that Ray is also a new type. They're new typing at each other, while Ray destroys some of the funnels in shots I'm sure are from the end of Gundam Seed, because <laughs> I've seen the end of the episode of that a lot of times. <laughs> he has the line to Shin, if you fly absent-mindedly, it, it's just it's a weird way to phrase that. Yeah, I think it's just a weird translation thing, although also Ray is weird and formal, so it kind of reads correctly at the same time. Meanwhile, the Minerva has launched, and are getting some good old of that battle babble that I like. And do a 53 Mark 22 Bravo, distance 150. I wonder That's what, what I'm here for. Mean. I do really like those kind of combat speak. Yeah, and I like that they have a designation for it. That's the thing Gundam actually does a lot that I really like. That the good guys have, a, or the pursuing force, usually it's actually the bad guys, have a different name for the ship than its actual name. So designated bogey one, which is a bit boring, but also... It also makes sense. Yeah, that's exactly what you well, would do. Because they, yes. they don't know what it looks like even. So bogey one is like, that's the bad guy. Go find him. And it shows how military Gladys is. An interesting thing about Gladys is she's kind of role reverse from the Archangel. And she's the serious one. And she has the most bumbling idiot CO that I don't know how <laughs> he got this post ever. He's really good at firing missiles. Arthur. Oh, you mean XO? Yeah. Okay. What did I say? CO. CO. Oh. Which would be the other way around. Uh, there's radio interference, so they can't call their mobile seats, which there, is Gundam as hell. There's because there's plot interference. No, it's is what because there all is. those funnels are in their own radio frequency, so you can control them <laughs> individually, and they're jamming accidentally. I mean, that's how Minovsky particles work. However, there are not Minovsky particles in Gundam <laughs> seed. You know, where you pause, it just makes me wonder how much gel she has to use on her hair to get it to stay in that dagger form. And they're like, oh, it's a mobile armor. Those are scary. Oh, wait, no, they're not. They're less powerful than mobile suits. Uh, we do see the funnels have beam sabers on them, which is kind of cool and at least different from the Mobius, but... And could also make them pretty dangerous if you can surround someone with them, I think. That would make them very dangerous, especially given how difficult they are to actually hit. So, Mu is pushing back Ray and Shen. Hey, hey. This is... Oh, God. Hey, Lower the bridge. Yet. This oh, is God, freaking stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. I'm a little torn on it. I agree it's stupid because of, like, if this was the start of a new series, this would be fine because it's kind of a cool idea of, oh, they have an observation deck and then they go into combat mode. But we've seen other battleships in this universe and they don't work like this. So why not always have the bridge lowered? Well, it's, it's stupid because it's like, yes. Lower the bridge. Let's add a whole bunch of additional moving parts to this. Not to mention wasted space on your goddamn thing you have to send into yeah. space. That's expensive, guys. So why, There's no point to it. Like, it's just dumb. I like that there are already guys down here, too. Oh, crap. The CO's down here. All right, everybody be formal. Put your hats back on. Yeah, I really, I feel sad for the people who have to always work down here. <laughs> so anyway, Gladys starts barking out orders and is like, Arthur, what are you doing? He's like, oh, yeah, I have to repeat all your dialogue. I forgot that's my job. Usually that's woman's work. <laughs> I, I, let, let me look at, let me look over the shoulder of this person real quick. The uh, Minerva's missile names are not as good as the Archangels, by the way. No. But I do really like the upper cannon it's got. The Tristans and the Isolde? The Tristans are basically just the Godfreeds, but I really like the Isolde. I do, too. The, that's the, the, uh, the triple turret. cannon thing, right? Yeah. And it's very clear that shell firing in this animation, which, like, it just looks good. It looks like a battleship cannon. So I mean, Rundle's like, like, shouldn't we go save your our pilots? People? And she's like, of course. That's why we're going to attack their people. And I like that kind yep. of logic. Yes, we're going to save them by beating the snot out of the people who are they're trying to, you know, 
Well, he's clearly not a military commander, and that's why he's letting her captain her ship. He's a heck of a lot smarter than Blue Ass from the last series. <laughs> Blue, <laughs> Blue McAssreal? I don't even... <laughs> oh, that's his name. Right, I hate him. I hate a lot. There's another shot that's definitely from the end of Gundam Seed as another funnel goes down. So, should Ray be piloting the Impulse? Because he's a way better pilot than Shin. We'll see that's not really true as time goes on. I definitely think Ray was probably assigned to one of the other Gundams. He is in a command Zaku, which we'll find out later. Their command units are white. Okay. I get the feeling that both Luna Maria and Ray were initially slated for one of those. Yeah, because they're they all go reds, out. so they're all like equal in stature. Although we'll find out later that Ray is basically the sergeant. Yeah, it's just one of those things that's like, those guys probably were slated for them, and then there's probably one guy that we haven't met that was supposed to be slated for it. He was on sick leave. Nah, he was probably killed in the attack, like Rusty. He just didn't even get a name this time around. <laughs> so the Minerva orders Ray and Shin to withdraw, and then we get some battleship combat, which is what I'm here for. They fire missiles, and the Geardy Law just barely manages to take them down with its guns. Yeah, I guess some sort of machine gun thing. It's the Eagle Silence. It's the same thing the Archangel had. We get a quick shot of the... Druggies ne- withdrawing. Neo-druggies. Neo-druggies. Neo-druggenokes. Oh, that is Yeah, that and is then a the assault fires. Yeah. That is a beautiful and, shot of those cannons firing. And then, like, the explosions when the shells, like, get ne- It's so good. I wish the Archangel had that. I mean, I prefer the Archangel to the Minerva, but there's a lot to like on the Minerva. I mean, for, for stuff like this, especially with the fact that they have that stupid lowering bridge, moving those shells would be really hard, but man, does that thing look so cool. I love it. So the Exus, which is the new Mobius, lands. It comes in hot, which is another clue that uh, we should probably <laughs> take into this guy's identity. But Mulaflog is dead and could never come back. We saw yeah, his helmet. We saw his helmet. He's dead. I do like the crash webbing that he hits when he lands. I like the effect whenever people have stuff like that. We saw some of that in the original Gundam Seed. I know there's a shot where the Sky Grasper goes into that sort of thing. I think when he's escaping Alaska. And he's like, hey, time to go, I'm here! I'm not sure if he said it yet, but one of the things he said is like, well, if you get too greedy, you'll lose everything. He did say that, so. <laughs> he did. Where are the Impulse and the Zaku? Look out the front window, they're they- literally right there. Zach, they can't. They lowered the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> God, so dumb. So uh, Gladys is Zach's sort of commander, because she's like, load him up, we're going to follow and crush Bogey 1. And meanwhile, we'll cut to the med bay where God's getting a cool head bandage. And Atherin is watching, and... Atherin is watching Kigali, and Luna Maria is watching Atherin. It's a regular cat masturbation picture. (laughs) (laughs) Cut to another beautiful shot of those cannons firing. I love that it takes collateral damage just from, like, shrapnel, I assume? Well, I mean, they are explosive shells, so they are going to have shrapnel. The the Minerva is gaining on them, so they establish it's a fast vessel, which is something I like in contrast to the Archangel. Like, if you're trying to square them up, like, the Archangel was a tank, but it was never stated to be fast. In fact, a lot of Zap ships were said to be faster than it. Well, the Archangel was, like, a main battleship. So is the Minerva. (laughs) Well, the the Archangel was, like, a ship of the line. Yeah, it was mostly made to sit there and field mobile suits while it provided supporting fire. Whereas the Minerva is more of a uh, fast response or cavalry battleship which is a weird way to put that but that's kind of what it is so neo gets the bright idea to detach the propellant tanks on the side and i actually really do like this yeah, no, this, this is, is some like original gundam idea stuff meanwhile battle babble raise the bow 20 percent. so we see ray get in the uh hangar and we see atherin's zaku being repaired on. actually we'll find out they're stripping it for parts later but it does here look like <laughs> well it looks like it it's being, being repaired. repaired um because they they look it looked like they added an arm to it oh it was just the way it was uh positioned then and Shin gives a glare of uh, 
suspicion to the green Zaku that's on board. Part of the hole starts coming at the Minerva, and uh, Glass is like, oh shit, stop shooting, get out of the way. But slightly too late, because... They... The way she's animated there, like, I think they made a mistake on her face, because she doesn't look... She looks like she's smiling, almost. Surprised or anything like that. She actually looks more bored. Well, like, maybe oh, is. right, okay. Maybe this is just standard stuff for her. And it's amazing. We get a Star Trek shake, but there's no one's boob bouncing. It's like they learned restraint. It's We're be- going to find out they didn't. They learned the opposite of that, <laughs> well, but for a brief shining moment. It's because they had to show uh, Shin and Ray, and neither of them have a rack. They had to show Kigali, too. Uh, they didn't show Kigali, much. I don't think. I think it was Lunamaria and Atherin, actually. I don't think Kigali was in there. So the Gritty Lao is... About to return fire, and Ray shows up on the bridge, and Durundle smirks at him knowingly, and he's like, Mr. President, what the hell? Well, I mean, that's, I think that'd be most people's response. So Gladys basically tells Durundle that she wants to keep pursuing, so they don't get rid of the machines, even though there's not going to be a chance for him to disembark. And he basically agrees. It's actually kind of the same logic and whatnot from Rao in the first series. We can't let them get away. If those mobile suits are that powerful, we can't let them have them. Except for Rao didn't have the president on his ship. I know, I just found, I, I just thought it was funny, because it's a, it's a weird parallel. I mean, he's not Lacus, so does it really matter? Yeah, he doesn't have those bard skills. They get an announcement, this is going to be our maiden voyage, all hands on deck, and Atherin's just, what? <laughs> Isn't the president on this ship? And also me? And then we have to raise the bridge again. <laughs> it's so dumb. Bye, helmsman. <laughs> So dumb. We'll make sure to leave some snacks for you le- next time. So Gladys tells Durundle to go rest in the captain's quarters until something happens. Well, not just that. She asks Ray, one of the pilots of their like only mobile suits, to go escort him there. Well, it's not, not like he grunt. has anything to do right now. They have downgraded to like yellow alert. So Can, yeah, condition yellow. I feel like I just there's had the so of, many. Is other there people. a hatch on the lowered portion of the bridge? How do those guys get in and out of there? Is there a ladder? No, I think there must be a hatch that goes under where the platform comes down, which seems like a big safety hazard to me, right? Yeah. they have to walk under that to get to their stations. And, like, what if they get knocked out of their station and the thing's lower and they'll get crushed by the bridge? I don't... Who designed this? Well, crushing weapons in Dwarf Fortress are really powerful, so they figured if they ever captured a Gundam, they could just force them under the bridge and crush them to death. No, that's fair. So, it's just... <laughs> uh... I love the Minerva's, like, outward design, but that raise and lower the bridge thing is so stupid. Okay, to be fair, as a kid, if I had a toy that did that, I'd be super into it. It's just not very practical. Like, it's almost rule of cool, except it's also kind of stupid. I hate it, but also I kind of love it, and I'm not sure which is winning right now. So after that, Lunamaria contacts the bridge basically to say, Hey, yo, we've got a diplomat on board. This is probably not a good thing. Yeah, so, oops, we we picked up uh, the the orb lady and also Ather, I mean, Alex. Two civilians on board a Zaku, and I like Gladys' expression there. Civilians on board one of our mobile suits? How did that happen? <laughs> it's like, hey, they requested medical attention and meeting the chairman, so I took him to the doctor. And Durundle's like, how did Kigali get here? Lunamari did tell them. Yep. Yeah. And Alex, definitely his real name. <laughs> yeah, totally not Atherin yeah. that Kigali literally called him. I believe his full name is Alex Nazala Dino. <laughs> so then we get the eye catch. The cleavage on that dress just like It is a wedding how? dress. I how though? <laughs> how is that it? That is a very up? weird It's gotta have Look, all of the people in this show are underweight. And <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Randomly, because you mentioned that, I calculated 
Lacus's BMI recently, and she's technically just barely within the healthy range. So, well, it's all in her boobs, and that can't yep. be healthy. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to the Gertie Law. They are computering the Gundams, and the druggies are in the Minority Report pods for Minority Report. <laughs> yeah, that's. I don't think they ever really explain what those are for. I think they might, but I have a very vague I'm, idea of what it is. I'm so. going to assume they're just sensory deprivation tanks, and they're just like having a chill vibe. So they basically have a combat uh, talk about how the uh, druggies are impractical because they have to take a nap after every mission. <laughs> you know, not like real soldiers who never sleep. It's like a memory. It's actually like a memory wipe because it's yeah. something that we get later on. Ah. Like, that's what I was saying when I it's, said It's implied to be something like that. It's weird. It is weird. It's not an idea I hate. It's just that Destiny doesn't end up doing anything with it. I like it more than the original druggies that were just going through queer withdrawal symptoms, because that has to be worse on the battlefield, right? Yeah, if you run out. Because it'll make you act irrationally. Yeah. Oh, and they mentioned that they used the block word on Stella, which I guess we figured out already. Which is another idea I kind of like, but I don't really like how it's implemented in that previous battle. Because it's not like she suddenly just obeys commands. She clearly gets really over-emotional, which again, that can't be you, practical. You would think the smarter way to do something like that would to be basically immediate shutdown and make them go, just follow orders exactly as Which, as, as we found out, is maybe kind of what previous models of these druggies were. Oh, well, when they mention previous models, I assume they're talking about Clotho, Orgo, and ah. uh, Shani. So I assume they're going through several different iterations of these people specifically. Uh, because it sounded like they were mindless, almost, the way they were describing them. Anyway, Neo Roanoke is like, I'm going to conquer the universe, because I'm Andros or something. Meanwhile, we get some babble in the Tanger Bay about field stripping Azaku, and I assume they're using it to repair Luna Marias. Probably, given that, like, currently, under the, like, standard things, Luna Marias is actually one of the ones they're supposed to have, the one Atherin brought with him. Number one, is going to take a lot more effort to fix, given that it's missing an arm and, and they a don't have other a pilot parts. for it. And they don't have a pilot for it, so it's not worth fixing. Instead, take it apart and use it to fix the other one. And the mechanics are speculating about whether this is going to lead into a full war or not, which, uh, recording today is kind of scary, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, going past them, Shin is looking at the mobile suit and kind of listening to them, like, who was in that thing? Yeah, like, who, who saved cool my ass? Move? And then we cut to Durendal being like, hey, uh, sorry you're in this super bizarre anime situation, guys. And the two diplomats are sitting down talking where Gladys is glaring at Atherin. I do like that Kigali, like, goes almost right into military mode, where instead of complaining or being like, hey, this is what I or want to do, hey, what do we know? That's also very Kigali, though. Yeah, but we're going to get to a future where Kigali doesn't act like Kigali. I know. So we're not I there know. yet, and it's nice. And Dorinda's like, yeah, we got shit. We got nothing. So that's why we're uh, chasing them. We have to do it as soon as possible before it becomes too late. Kigali's like, yeah, that's the right move. Obviously. But it sucks, because, like, Kigali knows what's up. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, anything could, like, restart the war. So, like, we have to put the kibosh on this. She's like, I had to shoot someone with two rocket launchers at once <laughs> this one time. <laughs> no, and that, was, I, that was the dude that she I was riding I still with. have tennis oboe. Let me have my joke, Zach. No. Play with me in this space. No. <laughs> so Durundle's like, anyway, let's go on a tour. <laughs> <laughs> Gladys is looking at him and smiling. Then it's like, tours. Like, no. <laughs> and he's like, come on. Like. I assume this is just to, like, make them not feel like prisoners. But he makes the valid argument, like, these are our allies. Like, yeah, Technically speaking, they are allies. That doesn't necessarily mean you show them everything on your new fancy spaceship, but he's no, right. Um, They're not prisoners. 
Not yeah, and, really. And it's kind of better to give them a tour and control the information they get. Not that I think that's actually what he's doing, but that, like, like they're going to find out anyway. They're yeah. going to be in a combat situation, so we might as well, like, get in front of it. We just get some con- I, contrasts between the two um, bridges. So I love how many shots in Seed and now Seed Destiny there are people just looking at random mobile suit schematics and there are these shitty, shitty 3D animations. Well, it, like in, in Seed, Seed, they were they like wireframes yeah. or blueprints and this they are the shittiest 3D animation you've ever seen. I'm pretty sure I saw the same kind of animation when I played MechWarrior 2. It looks Maybe not that bad because there are actually uh, rounded edges on those. And MechWarrior 2, there were no rounded edges. So remember back in Seed, there was that Gundam fighting game that is canonical in-universe? I'm assuming Neo Roanoke is just looking at the sequel and he's, like, watching the trailer. These are his own fan mods. Then the druggies start waking up. Well, no, Stella's the last one to wake up. The other one's already woke up. Which I guess would make sense if they had to do more with her. So anyway, we cut to shit in Lunamaria talking about, Hey, there's a diplomat on our ship, what the hell? It's like I thought she mentioned that it was Atherin. No, this is a, in a bit she does. Well, no, I, she mentioned a, a hero of the war being on board. She's talking yeah, about Kigali. Yeah, she's talking about okay. Kigali. And uh, Shin asks about the green mobile suit. Why they're, what are they doing to it? And, like, who's piloting it specifically? And she's like, oh, it was actually her escort. He said his name's Alex, but I think he's secretly <laughs> Atherin Zala. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what she called him. So I'm just going to point it. So it's what? Halfway through episode three, I love Luna Maria. She's great. I, I love Luna Maria too. That's one of the reasons why I always used her in Super Robot or not Super Robot Wars, uh, Dynasty Warriors Gundam Three. Like she was the character I usually used. I like her too. Unfortunately, like a lot of characters, her personality falls off in the end. Dang but, it! But much less so than some other ones. She at least gets to stick around. She does not get banished to you don't get any more voice lines island. And uh, apparently Luna Maria's got some uh, hero worship for Atherin. Yeah, I was gonna say, she looks like she's really excited, or, like, fangirling out about that. <laughs> to be fair, he is kind of a legend when it comes down to it. And he's hot. And he's hot. 18. Yeah, and he's legal. Smoking age. <laughs> she's not, so... <laughs> she can't smoke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's definitely gonna become my new euphemism for that <laughs> anytime we talk about this on the show. <laughs> So the tour group goes up to the mobile suit deck, and he's like, yeah, um, all I'm going to say is we can carry more mobile suits than this. And he's like, we're not at full capacity. I'm like, well, there's like a yeah, certain he, number of hangar I, I'm not at liberty like, to tell you how many we can hold. But, but you know, we don't have as many as we actually can carry. More than four. <laughs> well, like, Igali looks impressed by it, I guess. Well, it so. is a very impressive thing. It actually kind of gives me the impression of, like, the, uh, what's called the TARDIS, because it looks really, really big inside. Like, anyway, yeah, and then we got this cool thing for the impulse that Zach hates. But that's really why I made it. I just hate that guy. And he kept saying, this is the worst design I've ever seen. So I just kept signing the documents. <laughs> kept signing the documents, put my seal on everything, because fuck him. Also, my scientist said it was highly efficient, and I trust scientists. I, you can't trust them uh, religious nuts. You gotta trust your science folk. I did like when they came in, everybody like turned to look and see who came in. Which makes me wonder, how loud is that door? Maybe people just don't come through that door very often, and someone's like, hey, look. Maybe, actually, in in the vacuum of space hangers, no one can hear anything but doors opening. So anyway, the people know. that can't hear start having another philosophical debate about power, whereas Rundle, like kind of pokes at Kigali. He's like, ah, you don't look happy about this. He's like, well, you do. And he's like, yeah, well, we need power, obviously, because stuff like this happens. And she's like, yeah, but stuff like this happens. So while they're philosophizing, there's a shot of uh, Athrin Zaku. 
Oh, yeah, it's Atherin Zaku, but, like, Shin, it looks like Shin pushes off of it and going in the other direction. I don't know, I just like the fact that it's got the helmet removed and it kind of looks like a brain underneath. It looks really cool. Anyway, Atherin's like, hey, start arguing. But Durandal's like, nah, keep going. Keep taking the bait. I love Flame Wars, and now I'm the president, so I don't get to do them as much. <laughs> I didn't start the fire, except I did this one. But we see Shin getting angry and, er, and angrier as he overhears them, philosophizing. And then he just starts out with, like, idealism has always been what the Alphas are all about, yeah, and right? And that's, that's uh, Shin getting and, involved. And everyone's like, hey, Shin, don't. And Ray jumps down to stop him. And he just does a death glare at Kigali. They should smoke. <laughs> He's not old enough. <laughs> He's only 16. He can't even vape. <laughs> Do he vape? Nope. I feel like he could... There are illegal vaping substances. Uh, anyway, on the bridge, they... Uh, Detected an enemy battleship. Yeah, we caught up! And time to go to Red Alert. Now no one has time to consider the implications of Shin's words. I like how one of the mechanics is just like, oh no. Ray Lance tries to grab him. Shin just pushes off of him and is like, I'm out of here. And Shin's like, I will discipline him later. We are in a bit of a situation right now. And Durandal's like, hey, he's an immigrant from Orb, so I didn't expect that, really. Bullshit, you didn't. Although I don't think he realized Shin was actually there, so... He's probably, well, I, 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 I don't think, think he, probably he was baiting was... it to get Shin to yell at Kigali. Like, I can see, like, Durendal's is that sort of guy, spoilers, but, like, to what end? What does that accomplish for him? No, I, He's I, just a troll. I, I do think, like, if he had known Shin was there, it's probably the thing he would have expected out of Shin. I just don't think he knew Shin was actually there. So Nero and Oak's like, ah, oh, they caught up. Shows are not a bunch of sleepyheads. That's a thing that normal commanders would say, <laughs> and not your cool uncle commander. <laughs> So anyway, Durandal shows up on the bridge with Kigali and Atherin. He's like, hey, I wanted to invite uh, them to join us. Kigali's like a pro-battleship captain, war veteran person. And I'm sure Alex Dino isn't Atherin Zala, so his uh, insight might be useful too. Plus, all I can do is ask you questions to be a foil character and you tell me I'm wrong. Maybe they'll say something helpful. Technically, Kigali was on board of battleships, not so much she was commanding one. She and then piloted he, a mobile suit once. And then in the penultimate, or in the ultimate battle, she was piloting a mobile suit following Atherin around for the entire time. Yeah, but those epaulets. She had those epaulets of command. Yep. <laughs> that combining fellow again. <laughs> so we cut to the druggies kind of having some locker room talk, basically. And this is where one of the weaknesses of Destiny compared to Seed really hit me. Because I was thinking about Diarca and Izak. And how we had all this foil character stuff going on. And we really don't here. We have two trios. We've got Ray, Shin, and Luna. And we've got Druggies 2.0. But they don't really foil each other at all, personality-wise. Because they're trios and not quartets, they don't have that division either. I mean, these two, the, the two male Druggies are generally, like, they're okay in the cocky personality that's kind of fine but you're right they don't really foil anything because we don't get to see a lot of the other side or even each here other, which is and they don't foil each other because they're a little bit too similar and since Stella doesn't foil them because she doesn't she's just speak. there she, she foils just kind them of in being quiet but that's not like that's not the like same Stella's thing is one of the biggest problems with destiny because if you made her a more interesting character a lot of it starts to work yeah. better well if she was like if she foiled them not by being quiet but by being more cautious yeah. About her about the approach, that would do a lot more to not only make her more interesting, but also help get that sense across. 
And also, it would explain her fear of death. Like, that makes sense for a cautious person. It'd go a long way. But, like, not only do they not foil each other, they don't really have any foil insights to Rey, Shin, and Luna, like I said. Yeah, but meanwhile, I'm thinking of Attack on Titan and the primary trio of that versus their primary antagonist trio for a lot of that show. And, like, man, that is so good foil, especially compared to this. Alas. But anyway, they got a, a bit of an Izak and Diarca thing. Their personalities aren't that different, but they're both like, yeah, we got to take out that combining fellow. I hate Garen Lagan. This drill's the drill that will pierce my face. Wait, what? I don't even know what this plan is, but they like fire an anchor to an It seems asteroid. very similar to a plan at the beginning of Gundam Sea that someone came up with, huh? Yep. Um, and also, I love that when they like put the tow cable on the asteroid, a little thing comes up on the screen that says Anchor Casted. <laughs> I love how it shows them on the bridge and it looks like they're on a roller coaster to show the like, I, relative... I do like it when people do stuff like this because it, it is a thing that you can only do in space and is kind of neat. I want to play, uh, what was that one random FPS that we were playing for a while that was like shooter but asteroids? Shattered Horizon, I think. I you think played it right. with me for a while. I also played it for a little bit. I think it was Shattered Horizon. Ed played more of it. I don't remember this. I know. We got in on it a little late, so the online community was dead. Anyway. So now we get some very long launch sequences for Lunamaria Zaku and the Impulse in its third and final form, Blasty Blast Mode. Look at all these guns I have. It's a very long launch sequence, which it's the first time we're seeing a full one, so that's okay. It's similar to Gundam Seed. They would do this to pad out episode endings to get them to where and where they wanted to but like we were talking about last week we don't really have the feel on the characters we need to make this work in a way that i feel like we did by episode three of gundam seed which is also a bit of a slower paced kind of slog of an episode well we um, had a lot more in like we understood kira a lot more here it's been dividing its time a lot too often between Athrin, shin durandal like we've been getting a little bit of everybody but Shin is kind of supposed to be the main character, and I didn't even realize that the first time through until Jeremy told me Shin's supposed to be the main character. I thought it was going to be Atherin. Like, I'm like, Atherin's totally the main character of Sea Destiny. So they just flipped it, and Jeremy's like, actually, it's Shin. And my immediate I, response was, who? I would have picked Ray, actually. Um, I mean, if you listen to the directors, they've said, ah, it's Atherin. It was supposed to be Atherin all along. Atherin, Atherin, Atherin. But it feels like it's supposed to be Shin to me. And I think one of the problems is that Kira has that immediate internal conflict, right? Of like his friendship with Atherin and his reluctance to fight. And I like that Shin is a very different character. I don't wish they'd done that again. But like we're only starting to see what Shin's inner conflicts are. And like we don't have that tension here. So it's just more fights. And we've had like almost two straight episodes of fight time at this point. I still think we needed a lot more Shin here to really make this kind of thing work. There were a lot of Honestly, I would have liked another full episode just kind of focusing on Shin and all this stuff before they go into the like combat. Like any of his internal monologue or anything. Yeah, like we will start getting more of that, but like Ray dressing him down and him explaining his motivations. That Yeah, could... even that kind of thing would have been better. So we see a gunner pack strapped onto Zaku, which is a thing I love because, of course, after the strike is the most intimidating mobile suit in a war. Every mobile suit's going to have modes. <laughs> and I really like that and the Zakus have modes because it, of that. I find it kind of funny. Luna Maria is using a helmet and flight suit very similar to the one Kira used. It's not the same, like, weird rhino thing that, that the other Zaft pilots had. Z the original Zaft pilots had. I think because I think they're all like that now. They're more close to uh, motorcycle helmets. Maybe all those mass production mobile suits and people being flung out into space prove that the Federation's 
flight suit was better. I don't know. I'm making stuff up. So then we come to the end of the episode, which is on the bridge, where Durendal starts philosophizing about the true names of things. And he's like, yeah, I wonder what that ship's real name is. We call it Bogey One, but that's not its real name, I bet. Unless the enemies have a weird, real weird sense of naming things. Or they really like Bogey Knights, that great movie. So Eddie Durandal's like, names give things purpose. Like, so what if something has a fake name? Does that mean that thing's also not real? And, and like, he basically just says, that thing is not real. If it's not real, would that mean its existence is not real either? No, that's not how any of that works. That, that is not how that works. Are you works. familiar with a rose by any other name? That famous thing by Billy Shakes. He's like, anyway, what do you think, Alex? I mean, Athrin Zala? I mean, Mula Flaga? Quite honestly, <laughs> like, personally... This is another one of those things where I wish we'd gotten another episode here, like, had that one go all the way through without having that, and having the, re- like, the quote-unquote reveal to everybody that, yes, it actually is Atherin at the end of the next episode after we get some more Shin. I would have liked it more if, like, there wasn't the name slip last episode, because, like, it's Make already it- pretty much known, and, like, the Rundle knowing it is still an escalation of the stakes, because, like, what could that mean? Like, but having Atherin wanted by Zaft, because he did... You know, do a pretty good betrayal on them. speaking, I think he committed treason by yeah. stealing one of their most expensive, you know, fancy military secrets. But, like, because we as the audience already know the secrets out, it's not as powerful. Yeah, like, it would have been nice if there was mystery around how he found out, but it might have just been scuttlebutt on the But the fact that point. Lunamaria knows and... Shen, Shen knows. Been, yeah. And it, it's one of those things that's also still kind of out of character for Kigali to make that kind of slip. I mean, you could make the argument that she it was, was concussed. She was concussed. But at the and same also, time, it's like Kigali, she's a little hot headed. Yes, but she's smarter than that. Yeah, okay. But smart people can do really impulsive things sometimes. So, yes, but like in the first part of it, she never told anybody that she was a princess of Orb, despite the fact that getting hot headed multiple times. That's fair. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, um, I'm thinking of some not Gurren Logan. That's the entirely wrong show. Why can't I remember this? Code Geass. Yeah, it is Code Geass. I'm trying to remember. Lelouch, there we go. Lelouch is a smart guy who does some really impulsive stuff, but he never lets a secret slip. Well, he well, does only a when couple it's of times. On him. He never does it on accident. It's, it's always a pretty calculated move. Pretty much everything Lelouch does is a very calculated move. God damn, I love Code Geass. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so that's the episode. Hey, Code Geass is about to start pretty soon. So Is it? I, I knew they were doing another one. No, oh. I mean... Like, oh, if you're in watching. history yeah. now. Okay. It's on Netflix now. Ooh. I mean, it was on Crunchyroll. So, But Netflix is not a bad place to watch it if you haven't seen it. Yeah, this is a slow episode. I find it very comparable to episode three of Gundam Seed. But like I kind of said during it, because the characters aren't in the same places, it doesn't work as well. The combat at the beginning is still pretty good. I really like the Minerva. We had a lot of praise for that. Yeah, no, actually, but, the animation, all, I, all the combat scenes are fantastic. They just don't really have a lot of stakes behind them yet. Yeah, it's got the same pace of Gundam Seed as, like, slow build-up to a fight and then a fight. But because the emotions aren't as intense, the blow-off isn't as cathartic. Well, and we haven't really gotten enough time to really... Uh settle out from the fallout of the last part of the fight yet. So we've only got about a half episode of, like, of not fight so far. And, like, no one who is fighting is stressed about it because, like, they don't have that Kira personality. Like, nothing that happened in that fight is bad for Shin, right? It's just a job. Yeah. Uh, so do we want to add something to our list? I feel like we could do the Exus or we could do one of the Impulses forms, which, you know, if we want to hear Zach yell for a while. <laughs> Impulsopodies. The Exus goes right above the Mobi Zero. Done. I mean, 
I kind of like how old the Mobius Zero looks. It's got that like Millennium Falcon Star Wars feel. I do like from a conceptual level the X is being a sleekier, a sleekier, a sleeker, <laughs> shinier version of the Mobius Zero. But I actually don't like it as much. I I like the charm that the Mobius has of being more. It looks more like a flying tank. But and hear me out. Sword funnels. They are pretty cool. Flying tank. I, like I said, I, like the Axis also like being so similar to the Mobius Zero hurts it for me. That's fair. I mean, also clearly it's definitely not Mu Mula Flaga's ship. I don't know what are you talking about. Uh, to be like the first time I watched this, I literally didn't think that because again, he was very dead. I, yeah, th- I have the same thing. Uh, I, there was a point where I was like, oh, we know clones exist and clones of his dad exist, so that's a possibility. That's a good point. Right below the Mobius Zero, we have the duel with the Assault Shroud on. I kind of feel like I might not like the Exus as much as that either. Which one is the Assault Shroud? It's like that the one cannon on it. It's like the bulkier duel. Oh yeah, no, I kind of like that one. I like I shoulder think, cannons a lot, though. I think so. I like it more than the uh, than the Exus as well. All right, uh, below, below that we have the Forbidden Gundam, which is the scythe one. I like the scythe aesthetic as well as its like shield blocky things. It's kind of dumb, but I think I prefer it to the Exus. Yeah, very similar. It loses points for me for just being so clearly close to the Death Scythe. But again, I like the Death Scythe more than the Mobius Zero, so... Can we talk briefly, though, about how the Death Scythe is, like, a terrible name? Why would you <sighs> really? call it that? Because it's got a scythe and it kills you with it. <laughs> it's just, like, the most 90s edge thing ever. Oh, as opposed to the Heavy Arms? No, Heavy Arms I love, because it's got... It, it's Heavy arm- Arms is named for exactly what it is on the tin. Well, I mean, so is the Death Scythe, to be fair. The Death Scythe is just a stupider name. Right below the Forbidden, we have the Din. Which I get, I like irrationally, so I think I like it more than the Axis. But we are getting close to where I, I want think to put that's it. where I have to draw the line. I think I prefer the Axis to the Din. And as much as I like the Din, because I really do like the Din, I think I also prefer. Like I think I like the Axis more than either of you, because I'm just man funnels. They're cool. I like funnels. funnels. There are gonna be some funnels in the future. Don't worry. Like my lizard brain really likes something because of funnels. <laughs> Funnel town. <laughs> Take me to. Funnel Town! That's the end of Super Robot Wars V. It's Funnel Town and the Gunbuster. Which, I was going to say, which also has funnels, but it doesn't. It has a baseball bat. It does indeed have a baseball bat. Uh, that's going to put the Exus at number 21 above the Din and below the Forbidden Gundam. And that is going to do us. Do us? Yep. That's going to do it for us and do us. That's going to do it for this episode. Join us next week when we will watch episode 4, Stardust Battlefield. I kind of like that name. Yeah, it's, it's a good name. Bad. It's not bad. Until then, you can check out the mobile seat list on our website, www.lastpodcast.com, or join our Discord if you want to talk to us. We have some cool people there. We will see you next time. But until then, we have to keep watching. It is our destiny.